Hey, welcome to the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast with me, Rob Kosberg. Every week, I interview thought leaders and experts who have used the book to grow their income and their impact. So tune in weekly for these interviews so you can learn how to use your own best-selling book and go from hunting for clients and opportunities to instead being the hunted. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's Rob here. Back with another episode of the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. I'm excited to have a great guest for you today, Mr. Ken Rusk. He is a blue-collar construction entrepreneur. He's the best-selling author of Blue Collar Cash. Love that book. Tons of uh, amazing reviews on it. Ken is the founder of Rusk Industries and uh, has launched many successful endeavors over his last 30 years. He's made it his mission to hire, train, and coach first-time job seekers, particularly those like himself without college degrees, which uh, I love and I want to talk a little bit about that. His training programs help young people to set achievable goals through visualization and sound financial planning. He believes that anyone can realize their dreams and live a great life regardless of their educational background or their past. Ken, thank you so much for being on the Publish, Promote, Profit podcast. Glad to be with me today. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome. So tell me, why and how did this become a passion for you? You are a, a business owner, an entrepreneur. A lot of times, entrepreneurs like myself, we just want to get the best people for the job. But you've seemed to turn that into, I want to focus on these you know, people that maybe don't have a college degree or are first-time employees. Where where'd that come from for you? Well, you know, we run a pretty tough uh, business. We were actually ditch diggers at, at our core. I mean, you know, we're going out and we're digging up old foundations to buildings and replacing those and fixing them up and rehabbing and whatnot. So we have a, a pretty strong demanding physical job. And for me, in order to attract people to our organization, you know, I had to really work a lot on culture. And um, what might attract some of these people? Uh, you know, again, we're talking first, second, or third jobs. You know, I had to help them find their first cars in a lot of cases, wow. their first cars, checking accounts. You're like dad, buying. man. Yeah. So it became like a real coaching thing very quickly, almost involuntarily. I, I have no letters after my name. Uh, I have no training in that, but I was kind of thrown into it. And I love it because you get to see the evolution of some of these people. Yeah. And um, it's just such a rewarding thing. And that kind of was the impetus for what we're doing today. I love it. I love it. So I hear you. So not a lot of glory in being a ditch digger. You had to find some other things to attract talent and great people. So what did you find as you started to develop your culture, start you know, being a, a second dad to some of these folks? What have you found? I mean, I imagine you have people that are longstanding employees what are these relationships and what's the culture brought about? You know, that's a great question because, uh, you know, we started with six people. I have 200 now and wow. we have many, many, many people that have been here 10, 20, 30, 35 years. No kidding. And, um, yeah, I think for me, what was really interesting was, you know, most people just don't know how to think beyond Friday. You know, when they're first starting out, they live kind of like check to check and they live for the fun that they can have and the things that they can do. And I guess a lot of them tend to be kind of nomads if you don't kind of like show them what the future could look like. And, and that's the biggest thing. You know, I would ask somebody, why are you here? Well, I need a job. Okay, a job for what? Because I need to make some money. Okay, money for what? To why? pay my bills. 
the same old stuff. <clears throat> Let's get beyond the bills and start looking at what you want your life to look like. Wow. And then they start lighting up. And you can see, you know, there's this huge personal growth. It's this this kind of movement in them that uh, they become these goal-oriented machines, almost self-managing individuals. And it's just so awesome to see them take control of their lives that way. You know, I love that. That spurs several things in me. I, I know you're a family man. I know you have a, a daughter. I have three boys. Uh, one of my kids, I told my kids I'd pay for their college, caveat, uh, I'd pay for their college if they were going to do something and, and get a degree that a college degree is really necessary for a job, meaning whatever that means, a doctor, lawyer, something where there were sure. some requirements. And uh, maybe that's part of my Jewish background. I don't know. One of my kids went to college and, um, you know, uh, fantastic, got a degree in math and physics and computer science, and he works for NASA and JPL. Couldn't be prouder of him. Two of my kids didn't, and they both work in their industry, and they're doing fantastic. My youngest son works for me. So tell me, how has this, I say all that to ask you, how has this you know, applied in your own life with your daughter and in your family and that kind of thing, and even friends that you have and, and other relationships, you know, of, of their children and kind of looking to their future? Well, first off, you know, it, it's always surprising to me. I, I was at a party a while back and there was five or six moms standing in this conversation and I overheard them saying, well, you know, my son is going to this college and my daughter is going to that college and my daughter or son's going to do this or that. And it came to a conversation where they said, well, what's going to happen to so-and-so's son? And she said, well, he, he's just going to be a plumber. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I know who that is. Yeah. And um, that just going to be a plumber. He now has 12 employees. He has six vans and he's making an absolute killing being a plumber. So I think the wake up call for most parents now is, oh, my God, I've just been pre-programmed almost to have a default mechanism that I have to raise my kid to go to college. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they kind of like between taking shop class out of high school and having parents you know, almost have a stigmatization of some of these jobs. And, and college is doing a really good job of marketing themselves. You have this kind of perfect storm for it's college or else. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm not anti-college. I mean, I'm just like you. If you're going to operate on my shoulder to get me back out on the golf course, I want you to know everything there is to know about that before you pull a knife in your hand. And the same thing goes with teaching people or managing money or maybe even engineering a building. But if you're just going to go because someone said you had to, man, there are so many other options you need to think about before you go into debt and come out with a degree that maybe you can't even use. Yeah, you know, I have not always seen eye to eye with uh, a lot of uh, people in my generation about this because I do think for a lot of people my age, at least what I saw and maybe what I extrapolated from it, um, getting their kid into a great college was a badge of honor for them. And certainly, look, a lot goes into getting your kid into a great college. They have to have great grades and great SAT scores, and so they had to put in the work. But too many of them, you know, once that was done and that badge, you know, kind of uh, was received, they never thought about what their kid was actually going to take at UCLA. And so they end up, you know, getting these liberal arts degrees, nothing wrong with the liberal arts, except if you want to make any money uh, to pay off that, you know, 200000 in student debt, you're going to have a hard time. And so, 
you know, it, I just l- always looked at that. I paid my way through college myself because I figured I was going to go to law school. I got accepted to law school, and then I was like, why am I doing that? I'm making all this money, you know, with my own business. And I thought, I don't love the law. I just wanted to make some money. And so, you know, I, I never worked a day in my degree, and I just started looking at it. And I'm like, you know, 40% of all people with a college degree never work a single day in it. And it just seemed like the math didn't add up, if you know what I mean. And I imagine that, you know, you being on the side of it of actually employing these people and seeing them be successful must give you like this great sense of, you know, achievement and warm feeling and helping these young people along. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when you talk about college, and again, I'm totally aligned with you. If you have a good reason to go, then go. You know, my daughter decided she really had a passion for designing buildings. In fact, she's designing our next office building. Love it. She became an architect. So that's cool. If she said, I wanted to be own a bakery, fine. I mean, whatever she wants to do, whatever she sees for her future, that would have been fine by me. So, you know, when I look at college, I think of it's kind of an inefficient system. If you think about it, you know, they say 40% of kids go into college without having any idea why they're there. And then 25% of them change their their major, either a third or a half way through. Mm. And then to your point, 40% of them never use the degree that they changed to. So here you are spending all this money and doing these things. For me, I would much rather ask that person, what exactly do you want your life to look like? Let's draw that out. Let's visualize that down to the most finite detail in color, in vivid clarity. Let's get that map looking exactly how you see your perfect nirvana. And then let's find one of the many paths that we can take to get there. And that's kind of what we do here at at our office. I love it. I love it. Okay, walk me through some of your secret sauce, if you wouldn't mind. So you shared some things about like a first job interview, you know, when you were first doing this and some questions that you would ask to dig deeper. And it just, you know, lights were going off for me. I was like, these are really, really good questions as an employer to ask a, an employee to help them to achieve what it is they want. Do you have like a, a series of questions that you ask or do you have a process that you take people through? Can you talk about that? a little? Yeah, you know, we focus totally on what they want and why they're here. And I think that makes a lot of um, interviewers unique because, you know, some people are still stuck in the old world of, I am boss, you are employee, why should I hire you? Well, that's kind of turned on its head lately. And, yeah. and I, I think people have more choices than they've ever had in the past. I don't mind it if someone comes to me and says, hey, Ken, what's in it for me to work for you? I'm okay with that, okay? Because that means they're kind of at least looking towards what they want for themselves. And I think entrepreneurial employees are the best ones you can have. And those are the ones that have kind of an ownership of what they want and they match what they want towards what you're offering. So I think that's just a really healthy way to look at it. And um, again, if you put someone in a position where they say to themselves, hey, wait a minute. So what you're telling me is, With and through this vehicle called your company, Ken, I can control my input, I can control my output, the quality of all of that, and my financial rewards and gains, and then you're going to support me in pushing me towards living an anticipatory life of what I want for myself. I am all in. So employers have to really start thinking about that when they look at trying to build cultures with people that are going to be loyal and and long-term. Yeah, love that. Love that. You know, it looks like your book um, struck a chord with people. It's done really well. You just published it last year. It's got hundreds of five-star, four-star reviews. 
talk me through, you know, number one, why'd you write it? And number two, you know, like, what are you hearing from people that have read it? And what kind of, not pure reviews on Amazon, but what kind of response are you getting from it? Well, a couple things. The reason that I wrote it was because I had enjoyed so much being this involuntary coach that, um, you know, for me, I thought, and my wife kind of pushed me a little bit here as well. Maybe this message needs to get beyond the four walls of your company. Uh, just start writing some ideas down, take a shot at that and see how, where that goes. At the same time, I was writing a letter to my daughter who was suffering from cancer at the time. Mm. and um, She's fine now, but oh, um, wonderful. that was a challenging time. And I wrote a letter to her about what I thought was important in life. You know, what constitutes that nirvana that you should be chasing or anticipating as you work your way through life. And those two things kind of merged to become this book. And um, I'll tell you that the best feedback I get is from business owners that say, wow, I'm using your book as a book club with my people in the office. And we're really coming together as a, as a, you know, a cohesive force or a unit to drive this company forward. I love that feedback. But I think the best feedback I get is from parents who say, you know, I read it, I gave it to my son or daughter to read. And now we're having these unbelievable and mostly unexpected conversations about their futures that we might not have ever had if we just went through the default mechanism of, you know, cattle your way to college. And that's the only plan. Right. No, I love that. I mentioned my my youngest son is 20. He works for me and he went to college for, you know, a couple of semesters. He was like, you know, dad, this isn't for me. I know what I want to do, you know, and I think I can learn some things from you. Hopefully he can and, you know, and then get him on his path. But, you know, even in a situation like that, even a kid that's in college, it sounds like, you know, the book would be really, really beneficial for them because it seems like it's more than about blue collar cash. It's it's really about building the life, as you, you call, anticipatory life of what it is they're looking for. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I'm so glad you asked that question because we actually struggled with the title a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, one of my titles was um, The Path, A Ditch Digger's Guide to Comfort, Peace, and Freedom. And, and the, the reason that I struggled with it was because, you know, we wanted to call attention to the blue collar crisis that we have in this country. But at the same time, I agree with you. I think just about anybody can use the advice of, okay, today is, you know, whatever it is, it's Wednesday. And, and what's the rest of my life going to look like? And am I even actually in control of that? You know, so many people have no idea how to visualize what they want. Their hopes and dreams and wishes stay in that place. They never get to reality. They never get on the path to actually completing or accomplishing those things. So what I try to do is switch gears into saying, quit living a someday life, quit living a if then life, Let's start with today. Let's start with the then and work backwards towards what you want today and, and how you can get those things that you want. So, yeah, for, for me, it's it's been pretty satisfying to see, you know, even people in their mid 50s say, you know what? I got off my couch after reading your book and I said, family, we're going to plan this vacation and we're going to do it. And we did it. and We had a great time. Yeah, it's just a really good, rewarding feeling to get to that, that kind of movement from something like that. I love it. I love it. Congratulations. Yeah, I could totally see the struggle with the title because it does pigeonhole it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's attention getting at the same time. On, on the other hand, it does sound like and feel like, like you said, you got 50 year olds that are reading it and 
and seeing holes and filling those holes and, and moving forward. So, you know, yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Tell me, Ken, is there like, I mean, you run a big company, you got a lot going on. Is there like a, a coaching program that you're building out that you run? Tell me a little bit about what, like, what does your future look like? Because you obviously love doing this. You love meeting these needs, et cetera. So what, where are you going with all this? Well, first off, I had to put my money where my mouth is. So I set a lot of personal goals myself and we publicize those around the office. We have this giant uh, board. It's like made of black glass and we have these neon colored markers that you write your answers to what you want to do, what your next step is, what your next goal is and how you're going to get there. And I have to lead by example there. So I do a lot of goal setting myself so that people can see that you can chase you know, several goals at one time. And I never run out of things that I'm, I'm anticipating. And that's really what I love about life. So, nice. but um, I think for me, you know, we just designed a course, you know, so many times you have a book and you read it and then it goes up on your shelf as one of those little trophies and you forget what even was in it three months later. So yeah. what I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure I drove home the impact of the book. And we, for the last year, we've been working on a, a course that it takes about you know, eight different sessions that each last about a half an hour, but it really transforms your thinking. You can't go through this course and not change into a different type of person. You, you can't go through it and not say, wow, I used to think that way. Now I think this way. And I'm so excited about the control I have over my future. So we just launched that two weeks ago. And um, we're going to see how that goes and just build upon that for a while. Yeah. Congratulations. You know, um, I can see lots of ways to use that to, you know, better the people that are going through it and obviously build an entire program around it. So love that. And I think it's why guys like Mike Rowe have such an audience, you know, I mean, the and you, you are literally the poster person of that, are you not? Because ditch digging, I mean, dirty jobs, right? You know, I mean, there's just a message there. Those kind of employment opportunities are there and those people are making just excellent money and and building wonderful businesses and doing it. I mean, it's like it's a shame that it's that it's not held up on the pedestal. It should be held up on for people. Well, you know, it, it's funny because it's simple supply and demand. I mean, if you decide that you're going to remove shop class from high schools, you just eliminated millions of kids discovering even accidentally yeah. plumbing, electricians, welding, carpentry, mechanics, baking, whatever it might be. So if you couple that with this mentality of it's college or else, you're creating the very supply problem that you seek to eliminate. Right. And then there's the demand side. So it, it only goes to reason that if supply is low and demand is high, which it is for all blue collar trades right now, that's where the money goes. I mean, we've got carpenters in our town making as much as family doctors. I've got plumbers making more than attorneys. It's crazy that this isn't out front and center a little more than it is yeah. because yeah. nothing could be further from the truth than, oh man, that's kind of a dead end way to work. I mean, dead end way to go. People are are creating these amazing lucrative lives this way. And um, it's just kind of getting passed over. But, you know, I'm trying every day to put the word out there to see if we can't change that. I love it. All you have to do is have an HVAC person over your house to work on something and you realize <laughs> how much money those guys make. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right. <laughs> Love it. So um, let's uh, kind of change gears a little bit. Blue Collar Cash has done really well. It's been out a year or so. 
tons of great reviews, as I mentioned. One of the things that I like to talk about on this podcast is, you know, how has the book furthered your message? How has it built your authority? You know, a lot of my clients at Bestseller Publishing or people that we talk to, they want to use their book to get speaking engagements or, you know, or consulting opportunities or those kinds of things. I don't know exactly what, how that might fit with you or if it does, but whether it does or doesn't, your book has led to some things. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about uh, what has happened because of it. Well, first off, you know, I was very fortunate. You know, my my publisher took a look at this book and they only they only go after or engage with one percent of the books that they look at. So I, I was pretty fortunate there. And so, you know, there was a lot of effort uh, on our side to get this out there. And and again, we hit the Wall Street bestseller list to a couple of weeks back in two different categories. So I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. And I think what happens is it does open up your world. You know, I'm giving some some speeches now. I have to speak in front of a, a bunch of guidance counselors next week, as a matter nice. of fact, in Columbus, Ohio. And yeah, I've done quite a bit of that. I really enjoy it. I love talking to, to uh, folks like you as well, because it's just fun to get the message out and to talk to people who understand what you're saying and, and why you're saying it. So for me, I really like, you know, making an impact, for example, junior achievement is considering putting this program in all of their schools nationwide. Wow. And um, we're starting with, uh, in Ohio, we've got one, we've got some in Pennsylvania, in New York, and uh, we're kind of spreading that message around. So I'm really excited about what what happens there because you could have a million kids see that, you know, they have other options besides, you know, coming out of college and, you know, having 80000 in debt and working at a, a car rental place and you know, not even wondering how they're going to pay all that off, you know, right. um, not that there's anything wrong with car rentals, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. it's really rewarding to see everybody wants to know that what they do, their body of work has some impact. And I know that sounds, you know, altruistic, but I really want to know that I can change some, some people's, you know, directions. And uh, so far that's happening a lot. So I'm yeah. pretty blessed. Yeah, you know, if you enjoy speaking, then um, speaking engagements, you know, your book Hitting Wall Street Journal is no small thing. That's a big deal. Congratulations on that. Um, I know what it takes to do that. And so, um, you know, being able to uh, have a book that's a Wall Street Journal bestseller will get you on some good stages. And that will be a great opportunity for you to to further get your message out there. So, Ken, congrats. Uh, love what you're doing. Uh, I'm a believer in it before we met, lived it myself, right? I, I kind of got it, which uh, not just words because you're on the podcast, but you know, I, I see it lived with my own children. So thanks for what you're doing. I love it. And uh, I'm getting the book. I already ordered it and I'm more excited now about reading it because of what you shared about, uh, you know, working with your employees uh, to set them on a path. So before we go, any links? Where do we want to send people? How do people People learn more and connect with you. So you can go to KenRusk.com and uh, you can also go KenRusk.com forward slash path if you want to see what the course is like. We have a little mini version of it there. Great. I'm also on Ken Rusk Official on Facebook and Instagram and all those. I think the one thing I always like to mention is the fact that, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, they say, right? Yeah. I've been very blessed with the career that I've had and the other opportunities that I've been able to, you know, get myself into. And it's it's worked out very well. So I don't do this book to make money. I give all the proceeds from my book to charity. So if you are getting the book, just know that you're not only going to help yourself, but you're going to definitely help somebody else along the way. So love it. I that. 
Love it. All right, KenRusk.com, and that's R-U-S-K. So thanks so much for being on today. Uh, love your message, and hope we can get out there to a lot of folks. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks.